everyone to the rest podcast where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion chaos and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life for this episode virginia and i are going to be having a candid conversation about reconciling conflict and covid virginia i know that recently you've gone through a series of events that make this topic very personal for you so would you mind sharing about that i'd be happy to good afternoon I'm losing our voice. <laughs> I'm losing my voice. Oh, dear. And I'm so happy to be here today. I think this topic is close to my heart for a number of reasons. We are discussing, and we've been discussing, the hungers that compel us, that drive us. And I think in discussing these polarizing <laughs> topics, it can become very confusing. Mm-hmm. Chaos can quickly ensue. Yeah. Dis-ease within people, mm-hmm. among people, between people, within organizations. It just can be so polarizing. And the only reason I mention the theme that we've been following in the context of this discussion is that people don't realize it, don't realize it, but when they take a stance for or against something. Mm-hmm. It's usually driven, they usually feel compelled by something profound. And there's nine fundamental hungers that drive us, right? Mm -hmm. The hunger for intimacy, the hunger for happiness, the hunger for contentment, the hunger for justice, the hunger for control, the hunger for respect, truth, achievement, and pleasure. And in the final episode that we'll be recording soon, I know we're going to discuss those with the author of the book, Soul Hunger, which I had the pleasure of endorsing a few years back. And I'll tell you, Natalie, and you know this because you work so closely with me, but I have found it to be such a valuable resource for me and certainly for those I serve in helping them determine and understand what compels them to think they were they, the way they do, to act the way they do, to make the decisions they do. Right. COVID is a very accessible topic we can discuss that has become polarizing, to be vaccinated or not be vaccinated. It is a decision of conscience. Everyone must do their due diligence. Yeah, especially with all of the misinformation out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So instead of discussing the topic through conventional means, I thought I would discuss it in the context of this banner that we've introduced, which is understanding the hungers that compel us, the hungers that drive us in reconciling confusion, chaos, and disease. And this topic, I thought, would be one that was relevant and people could immediately put to use. So instead of discussing it from a political standpoint, Mm -hmm. I thought it would be valuable to discuss it in the context of individual self-government. Yeah. Then all the political confusion, chaos, and dis-ease, and all the noise that is being generated by that will slowly begin to diminish. Mm -hmm. But as you know, Natalie, COVID hit home. Yeah. And my husband's a real tough guy. He's very competitive. He's very athletic. And he's been relatively healthy mm-hmm. most of his life. And you've been and married for how long? Almost 40 years. Wow. No, 40 years. 
We've been yeah. married 40 years. Your anniversary yes. was like a week or so ago, right? Yes. Yeah. And do you know? Well, I have a story about that. It's kind of fun. <laughs> but yes, we've been married 40 years. We have six children, five living. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Natalie, the day after Father's Day, he became very ill. He wasn't well. Mm-hmm. And he stayed away from me and encouraged me not to come near him because he knows the patient and client load that I have. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned that we didn't want to make anybody sick. Right. And so for about seven, eight days, I was noticing that he wasn't getting better. Yeah. And I gave him an ultimatum, drive yourself immediately to the walk-in clinic or I'm going to go get you. Mm-hmm. So within minutes, he got in the car, he drove in, they were expecting him. I called and described all the symptoms. And in fact, we discovered that he had COVID. Mm. And almost immediately, the decline escalated. Mm. And my son, our youngest son, decided he needed to come and be with dad and that I shouldn't get anywhere near him and neither should his siblings. They all talked among themselves and decided that that was the prudent thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we went right into protocol mode, and thank God, I have amazing friends that are colleagues and functional and conventional medicine practitioners. And so we immediately got on the hydrochloroquine and ivermectin, mm-hmm. zinc, vitamin D, nebulizer, da-da-da-da-da-da, yeah. protocols that are out there all over the internet. And we immediately went to task. We found out, I think, at 830 by 11 o'clock, we were administering everything mm-hmm. in massive doses yeah, as prescribed. And it was too late. And for a period of about five days, we thought we were going to lose him. He thought he was going to die. And I've never in 40 years seen Ray in that state. I really, until recently, I don't remember seeing him miss a day of work. Mm-hmm. So this was shocking, and something interesting happened. We've raised really strong, independent children Mm -hmm. that think for themselves. They're all close, and we discuss things extensively in our family. But what ended up happening was that everyone was compelled to act in different ways. Of course, they're all individuals, and different things drive their behavior. Mm -hmm. We all have different hungers, and those hungers, whether we believe it or not, dictate how we behave, like I said, and the decisions we made. Well, it was no different in our home. It became painfully clear that the following day, because it was 11 o'clock at night, right? So by the following day, I'd say the afternoon of the following day, there was a lot of confusion and chaos and disease about who was in charge. Mm-hmm. Nobody's exceptionally controlling or demanding, but they're all opinionated. Mm-hmm. And I'd realized that something significant had happened. Mm-hmm. And I want to make a point here, too, because all of your kids also have different viewpoints when it comes to politics and even when it comes to religion and just different things like that. So the dynamic that is there is how they express (laughs) their religious and political views are unique. Yes. And they each have their own voice. Yes. And I'm not sure that we do not share 
convictions mm-hmm. about the same things, right? But we all have strong ways of expressing yes. what those are, <laughs> uh, and you know that. Yes, I do. And sometimes I have to walk away and smile, and realize that that's who I raised. Mm-hmm. They have a sense of liberty, of a need to express and to reason and to process things for themselves. And when facing a crisis, and you're the mom, mm-hmm. and dad's out of commission. That doesn't feel very practical. Right. And they also understand spheres of influence and structures of authority. And here's a mom. When dad's not available, mom's in a position of authority. Mm-hmm. But after that rough day, that rough evening, when I think we all cried, nobody slept. Yeah. And then by the afternoon of the following day, we had just about had it and we needed to have a very I felt as a mom that I needed to draw a line in the sand and that was it and I just had had it they frosted (laughs) my cookie and I was done (laughs) with the equitable exchange of information but after we all calmed down we all cried at different times throughout the day we all apologized to each other. Mm-hmm. And we all stepped in in, diff- in beautiful ways at different times throughout the day, both to express disagreement, to express anger and frustration, but also to express love. Yeah. So during the course of the day with five kids and dad not well and me doing what I do, it was just a colorful day, let's say that. Yeah. But it was a beautiful thing because by the end of the day, the kids... Amongst themselves, by the way, they were unified in everything. They were just sure mom doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> or mom's being reactive or, I don't know. Deregulated. Just deregulated. <laughs> yeah. And they have the right to do that. At the end of the day, a prophet has no honor in his own home, right? Mm-hmm. And they were afraid. Yeah. And I was very frustrated. Mm-hmm. And fear and frustration don't mix well. I'm frustrated because my son and my husband are not within my reach. Yeah. And I have the resources and a working understanding of exactly what needs to be done, how and when. And my colleagues are calling me and talking to me, directing, giving me advice as to what to do next, right? Mm -hmm. And I couldn't be there, so I was very frustrated. And we were all overwhelmed for my 23-year-old son, yeah. who's up at USC, who came down to cover for all of us. And so I think we were all frustrated and afraid. Yes. So by the time we reconciled and we flushed through all those feelings, right, I had to stop at the end of the second day and say, what is happening to me? Mm-hmm. I had to apply my whole rest matrix and everything I talk about all the time <laughs> and the complexity of it to myself and how I'm processing this, I'm in charge. I can't, I have to give my kids liberty to feel fear and to feel afraid, to experience fear and experience anger. And I needed to have my wits about me, right? But it took us all 24 hours to regulate. Yeah. And I realized in that process that my hunger intuitively is for justice. Mm Mm-hmm. And the switch that flipped within me was that my kids 
were not following my exact instructions and that they were not complying with exactly what I needed done and when I needed it done, Mm -hmm. given the delicate situation we found ourselves in. And the reactivity of that hunger, if you've read the book, is contention Mm. and hatred. That caused me immediately to have a check in my spirit and say, no, these are your children. This is who you've raised. This is how they operate. It's their dad. You're their mom. They're terrified. I'm going to get sick too. And they knew there would be a limit to the time that I would willingly and be able to stay away. Yeah. So they were thinking, oh my gosh, it's only a In any given second, mom's going to come right through that door with all the equipment, right? (laughs) But when I was able to identify that I was really angry and frustrated, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, that's right. It's because I feel that there's an injustice in how my kids are handling this situation. So I imposed the burden that comes with regulating mm-hmm. myself, yeah. I imposed it on them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yes, but what is the fruit of the spirit for that hunger? And the fruit of a well-reconciled soul, and we've talked about this in yeah. previous episodes, is long-suffering. And just like that, when I was able to identify the thing, the hunger that compelled me mm-hmm. and I was able to immediately put a pause button on the frustration, which frustration is another word for anger, right? Yeah. That I couldn't step in and get my child, my youngest, out of harm's way and help my husband. Mm -hmm. So I was immediately able to say, wait, that's not who I am. That's letting my central nervous system and my anatomy, my constitution react in this situation and I'm hurting people I love. Mm-hmm. And that is a displacement of anger. That is, it's misplaced. Immediately, I was able to turn it off and do what I do well. And that is extend everyone grace and choose to be long-suffering in this difficult situation. Right. It was after the confusion and the chaos and all of those things that I just described that took place that I was finally able to speak with Ray. And I peeked around the corner and I looked at him and I was stunned at this virus that had just ravaged his body. And I saw him trying to hang on to life. Mm -hmm. And then I realized what my son had been thrust in the middle of. It was more than he could have anticipated and processed, I think. And it was traumatizing, frankly. I think it is for anybody that is just, I mean, one, being 23, and then it being your parent, that for anyone, I mean, even with my mom, my mom took care of my grandmother last year when my grandmother was passing away it was her time but you know we went out there and my mom had a helper and my mom's an RN so she did a lot of the very personal things that you have to do for someone who is very ill 
and even her being a trained RN and having done that for over 40 years, the fact that it was her parent hit her in such a different way. And I'm sure for your son as well, you know, yeah, of course, like there's no way that you can be prepared for something like that. You can't. And it's really beautiful. I know your mom, of course. Yeah. And her hunger is for intimacy. As is mine. That's right. Mm -hmm. And her hunger for intimacy. And she is an incredible human being. Mm -hmm. But when you're operating in the spirit, because you have time to transition into the trauma. You have time to transition and deal with that loss. And there's a lot of reasonable things that cause you to think, okay, this is the sunset of my mom's life. Mm -hmm. But her, the hunger for intimacy when operated, when a person's operating in the highest calling of their conscience and their spirit is love. Yeah. And she is the most loving, kind, tender, Mm -hmm. sweet person I know. Yep. So it's a wonderful Mm -hmm. thing. And mine, like I said, is long suffering. Mm -hmm. So we have to reconcile these conflicts within ourselves before we can step into these situations and really be productive in helping decongest all the chaotic emotions that we have to learn to negotiate. And the thing that I think when I reconciled what was happening inside of me, Mm -hmm. it also occurred to me that the figure of authority in our home, we talk a lot about that, who's got power. Women have an enormous amount of power. The moms, women by nature, and men and the husband, especially in the role of a husband and wife, have a lot of authority. Mm -hmm. And power and authority have an embryonic relationship. Both are necessary to stabilize the governance of a home. Yeah. And I realized the other destabilizing thing that had occurred is that now I had moved into a position of authority. Right. And my kids are not used to seeing me usurp the authority and demand that position of authority in the home. So that was shocking to them. Yeah. But I'm also not used to delegating all that power Mm -hmm. that in normal circumstances would not be just. (laughs) Right. Right. To put that on one of my kids. Yeah. But once I reconciled that the authority figure had shifted and that I had moved up into this position of authority, then who had the power? The youngest among us had Mm -hmm. the power. And so it was a wonderful thing to call him and say, whether dad lives or dies, it is not on your watch. Mm -hmm. We have an appointment with destiny Mm -hmm. and everything will happen according to the counsel of God's will. Mm -hmm. You get to be there with dad. And whatever you decide, whenever you decide to take him in again or not, or whatever you decide has to be done, we all trust you and we believe in you. Mm -hmm. And you are the decision maker. Yeah, You can call us, but you act swiftly, quickly, and don't doubt yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. But it took me a little bit of time to deal with my own frustration and my propensity frustration with the injustice of everything that was happening and how, and, and to extend grace to all my kids who are now adults, right? Yeah. That they felt like they needed to get in there and make decisions. And it was a wonderful opportunity for growth. Yeah. And of course, by the grace of God, we're on the other side of this. 
And yes, Ray is okay. <laughs> he's he's becoming 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 <laughs> again. We're hoping, and we're dealing with other things as a consequence of mm-hmm. the brutality of COVID. You were going to ask me something. I was. It's actually in regards to the fruit of the spirit, long suffering. Because I think when you hear long suffering, you go, "That sounds awful. <laughs> I don't want to long suffer." So I want to. I wanted to ask you. You know what? One like okay. I guess this is maybe a ridiculous question, but what does that look like for one? And then also, you know, how is that a fruit of the spirit? I think. For me, I don't want to get technical and give textbook examples oh, of not anything. At all. Yeah. But for me, to be long-suffering means to extend, to receive the grace of God. Ray said something really powerful that I'm never going to forget with tears in his eyes. He said, I, I, had to, I begged God for my life. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to leave my family. For five days, he just wanted to live and asked God to help him endure this unthinkable pain that COVID just Thrust leaves behind. Him. Yeah, yeah. It, it is just, it's, it doesn't even leave it behind. It's like a grenade or something that goes off in your body. It's just unbelievable, and it doesn't stop. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. Everything hurt. And, of course, your lungs collapse and all this other stuff Mm -hmm. or they're in peril of collapsing and it's just her it's a horrific virus but he talked about how he spoke to god and had these encounters with god and and fought for his life Mm -hmm. for us yeah and grace he said grace is there for the taking it's like continuously being showered upon us. But he said, I learned through that experience that you have to take it. Mm. You have to accept it. You have to receive it. So in this dark place that he was in for a period of very, a very serious, long, brutal five days, he had this intimate encounter. And he's such a capable, sufficient person. Mm-hmm. And he's always taken such good care of our family. And he's been faithful and committed and a loving father and just a very hardworking man. Yeah. So this was a real awakening for him. Mm-hmm. But when he came, when he was on the other side of this, just the realization that grace is there for the taking. When we can embrace the gift of grace which is unmerited favor, Mm -hmm. that means we begin to see the value, the intrinsic value that there is in our common humanity, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Then we can learn to extend each other mercy. Right. So for me to live in that place of Mm long-suffering, and rest is the product of that, really, is really coming into an understanding of this thing, this that we're living in an era of grace. That's unmerited favor, that something sustains my life independent of my will. And it's this beautiful thing that somehow sustains me and the world I live in. 
So it's literally like walking through a tribulation with grace, almost like like supernatural grace. You know what? It's like being in this, in a bubble almost. Yeah. And you see and you feel and you experience things, but somehow nothing really quite sticks. I have seen that with you personally (laughs) for like the last year and a half because I swear, like there has been so much that has happened since I have met you. And it's, I swear it's, it is exactly that. That makes so much sense when you talk about like, just things happening and not really like sticking to you and it, it you're like a duck like the water just falls off your back like you just keep going you're just yeah it's that's amazing what god made us all for mm-hmm. and if we can understand these principles of grace yeah then we can extend each other mercy and to extend mercy is to overlook an offense right right and we all have the ability to we, we all have the ability and the spiritual gift of long suffering. It's just when we talk 100%. about it in regards to soul hungers, it's just that when, like, for example, for me, having the soul hunger of intimacy and relationships, my spiritual gift, my strongest one is love, but I can still exercise all of the other spiritual gifts. So for anyone else listening to this, you do have a very specific spiritual gift but you also have the capability to exercise the others in your right. life. And in different seasons of life, yeah. different things compel us. Exactly. Right? We're going to do a podcast in the future where we talk about the stories that explain us. Yes. And I'm going to talk about the evolution of rest and how we got here. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. Different things compel us from intimacy to happiness to contentment. There's different times in our lives where we have a sense of justice. We, we have a hunger for justice and control and respect and, and truth, right? Mm-hmm. And achievement and pleasure. There's different times. But we do have one that kind of we're innately born with yeah. that comes from our family of origin and the stories of the stories of the stories of the stories of our parents, parents, parents. And we're going to talk about that at length later on. But... We made it through the COVID conflict. Yes. And I think we're all better for it. That's awesome. Painful as it is. And I do have a very close friend and her husband that are going through this same thing. And she's in the hospital and fighting for her life. And it's been an incredible thing to have lived through and watch somebody close to us live through now. And it looks like she's going to be okay too. Good. So it's a it's a wonderful thing, and their family is just really pulled together. But I just want to encourage everyone, as I always do, to really strive to always look inward when reconciling conflict mm-hmm. becomes necessary. Whether it's a political conflict, an economic conflict, a personal conflict, an institutional conflict, it doesn't matter. Everything is made up of a community of people. Mm-hmm. All these institutions, it's all about the relationship that we have with each other. But before we begin to resolve those things outside of us, we need to learn and develop the skills to resolve those conflicts within us. Mm-hmm. And this is why we offer many opportunities of rest. Any ways to experience rest, to learn about this. We have the afternoons of rest. I think one Friday a month, 
Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Every one Friday month, we have the afternoons of rest, which it's just for exposure. And we usually have a theme. Yeah. We talk about the rest matrix mm-hmm. overview, first half. Second half, we usually discuss a specific theme mm-hmm. and a subject. Then we have our day of rest. That's right. Our day of rest. Mm-hmm. And that's a 10 hour day. It's intensive mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. Also once a month. Once a month. And then we have our weekends of rest and that's a three day intensive. It's like an executive retreat. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of doctors or politicians and executives come to that. Mm-hmm. It's a small group. No more than three people for a three-day intensive. And then we have 40 days of rest. Yeah. And I'm most excited about that. Yeah. We've just introduced it because of the success of the podcast. And people are literally calling us from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's a virtual event. It's six weeks long, mm-hmm. 40 days And we are only admitting 40 people into each 40-day segment. I think it's two and a half hours, Natalie, is Mm -hmm. that right? Two and a half hours, Thursdays between 5.30 and and Mm 8. And those of you who have worked with me, you know I always go a little bit over. (laughs) So those of you that want to stay longer, I'll be there to answer questions. But we're going to be breaking down the entire rest matrix. I will be covering in depth every single one of our nine modules. Yeah. And it's kind of like a group conversation classroom application thing. But I'm very excited about that because I feel like it's more instruction application and it's therapeutic in content and and context and of course next year we're offering our master's program Mm -hmm. two-year master's program so i'm excited about that as am i it's gonna be so much fun yeah that first one is going to be actually on august 12th so that is coming up very quickly and registration is already up on the website as well as as well as our afternoon of rest, which is going to be on August 13th. And then, of course, the day of rest for August is going to be on the 21st. Thank you. Okay, so the 12th is the 40 days of rest. It's our first 40 days of rest, and I'm so excited. So if you're interested, sign up quickly because I don't know how many spots we still have available. But I'll look forward to meeting all of you then. Perfect. Thank you so much, Virginia. This has been a great talk. All right, everyone, for updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. We look forward to talking with you again soon.